morning. How's the sound back there? Good. So for our practice this morning, we're going to experiment with something a little bit new. We might call that choiceless awareness or open awareness or non-directed awareness. So we've been layering in different experiences to notice and giving some direction, instructions around those as the retreat has gone on. And this practice in particular is really useful um, for our, as we uh, re-engage our daily life. Because in the context of a retreat, there's a lot of simplicity, a lot of space. And when we get back home, there's gonna be a lot of everything. Not that, not so much space and simplicity, but more stimuli and people and talking and activity. So we want to experiment with how mindfulness, awareness can follow us anywhere, anytime, right? Helps us to use our whole lives for practice instead of sort of relegating practice to 30 minutes once a day or something like that. So you can just close, close your eyes whenever you're ready. I'll just talk us through this. It's good to remember that mindfulness doesn't have any preferences. Sometimes we prefer experience but mindfulness is just available and reflects what's already here. And so in this way, it's not a problem if the mind is busy or the mind is relatively still. If the mind is wanting or not wanting, if there's pleasant or unpleasant, neutral sensations being known. It can be fine. No problems here. So with this new choiceless awareness practice, we are opening to the entirety of our experience without preference. receptive to the flow of life and also noticing how important it is to be aware of how we're being mindful. Again, this is pointing to the relationship to experience. And we might even call that the attitude of mind. Is there a drawing in? Is there a resistance? Is there a kind of kindness that's available to meet this? any contention, some curiosity, and what's that like? So we're getting interested in experience as experience rather than something about me, something I'm doing right or wrong, and not being afraid to notice when experience is not just experience. when it does feel like it's something about me 
when there is an attitude operating that feels unpleasant or uncomfortable or not useful. Because in these moments too, mindfulness is just shining the light on that. And we can remember that our practice really asks us to be with whatever is in front, to not jump over any experience to get to something that we think we should be aware of or some imagined better way to practice but we're working with whatever is predominant. We'll start to notice too that in any moment there's many experiences to be known. We're not trying to catch them all. We're just interested in how the mind connects with something and then is interested in something else. And instead of directing the attention anywhere, we're just going to be interested in where the attention is going. It can sometimes feel like, in order to be really mindful, I need to direct the attention somewhere. Like the breath is a superior object or experience. And if I'm really practicing well, then I can be aware of the breath with some subtlety. But that's not exactly it. Just allowing experience to be experience, attention to be drawn wherever it's drawn, and being relaxed enough to receive whatever the mind is interested in knowing. And it's okay if you feel like, I don't know about this. We can get used to practicing in a particular way. And then it sometimes feels challenging to integrate a new, some newness. But we can just let that be a part of the practice too. This attitude of mind that is skeptical. We can start to see the wanting mind here, the mind that preferences a particular kind of experience over others, a particular kind of practice over others. Remembering that life is expressing itself right here and now due to lawful unfolding of conditions. It's like this for a reason. It's not my fault, it's not your fault, it's not our fault. This is just nature. And hopefully that wisdom helps us relax and receive. So we can begin by taking some deep breaths, inviting the nervous system to rest into the present moment. (coughs) We can begin by encouraging some stability of mind 
directing the attention to the body, feeling into it. Not demanding any particular kind of noticing, just noticing whatever comes forward first. Any sensation will do, any embodied experience will do. Pressure, temperature, heaviness, movement, You might even notice the breath is there. Maybe it's in the foreground, or perhaps it's just there in the background. We don't have to hone into the breath. It's there, we know it. Breath as an aspect of body. It's a very light awareness, receiving the body and breath as it is, a relaxed, light, knowing. As we're here with body and breath, we might also be aware of more. Perhaps there's an awareness of sound, or even a felt sense of being in community. thoughts, moods, emotions, perhaps feeling tones. We don't have to go looking for any experience. We can just rest back now and receive. Just tracking without holding on to body or breath, without holding on to an anchor of any kind. We can let go of the anchor and just be open in a light, relaxed way, tracking. Knowing breaths, knowing sound, 
knowing tension in the mind, knowing trying, knowing looking for experience. See if it's possible to emphasize a relaxed awareness, emphasizing the relaxation, the ease, not needing to make anything happen, control anything, just allowing the flow of experience to be what it is. possible just to let, to allow the flow of experience just be what it is, come and go, move, be curious without directing the attention anywhere. Is it possible to put a little more emphasis on how the mind is knowing experience rather than the experience itself? Just leaning back a little, seeing if the how can be restful and easeful.
If you find yourself getting swept away by thoughts, it can be really skillful to go to an anchor for a few breaths and to feel into the stability, the possibility of a more steady mind. And then when the time is right, just open up again. Receiving experience as it is.
free to move a bit if you want to. how that went for you. Some, yes, yeah, some, probably a little bit of everything out there, huh? Yeah. And I'm also curious if you have any questions about that practice. I have a few minutes for that for now. Yeah. question. So they were saying that they noticed that relaxing the brow sort of helped ease into this particular practice. And the question is about working with a strong emotion. Is there anything different we might do when a strong emotion arises? It's not necessarily too much different about it. Um, The interest in this practice is really about noticing the mind that's aware of experience. Right? So there's a little more leaning back, I think is what I said during the meditation, to just allow experience to be, because we're not preferencing this or that. So we're just receiving experience as it comes and goes. So with the strong emotion, that might it really, the attention might be really drawn to it. Right? So we can be curious about like how an emotion really draws us in in that way. And there might be more going on there. Right? So we might feel it, there might be some liking it or not liking it. It could be a storyline that's related that kind of comes on the scene. And so we're just aware of whatever is here to be known about the experience itself, the emotion. And if the emotion starts to feel overwhelming, you know, we can, we can do, we can, um, we can kind of try to do something about the emotion, especially if it's something that, you know, if we have a personal there's a personal story line there. Like, this is something related to something I really need to work on. So let me lean in and see how much I can feel about this, right? That would be a movement towards it that is not necessary. Is not necessary. Or it could be the other way, where the emotion is really unpleasant, and it, then it evokes some memories, and we can start to feel overwhelmed by it. Like, oh, here we go again. This thing, this pattern. I don't really want this. So knowing how to move in and out, which is what we've said, how to lean back and give the emotion space to pop and dissipate as it will, as it will, right? It's all, it's all good. And sometimes it's possible when there's like a lingering experience there that feels a bit overwhelming to really, to, to make sure that we're aware that there are many experiences happening right now, right? And if it's possible to see if, that the experience that feels overwhelming can be in the background and not in the foreground, right? It's not like we're denying it. Or so you can live, you can be here too. I'm just going to see if it's possible to get a little more space around it. And this one little tool uh, 
refreshing the awareness can be really useful in this way. So we can refresh the awareness simply by opening the eyes and reminding ourselves that there's a lot going on right now. Oh, there's sights, there's sounds, there's people, here I am. And it might take a little bit of the pressure off of going into the emotion. Anything else? Oh, yeah. So that Devin is saying that there's a person whose hands is up way in the back against the wall that I can't see. Great. Yay. Go ahead. You can stand up if you want. Yeah, yeah. that's not the only experience we're having thoughts if this is what you're asking thoughts just are just one experience that we might get to know right we have there's all of the other senses are active also but say a little bit more about your question if you would Yeah, 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 yeah. So the question is about are we, are we getting to know our reactions to experience and thoughts in particular? Yeah, this, this practice can really highlight the mind's relationship to experience, right? And then we can, we can start to get, we can get to know the how we're relating, right? We can start to see the way suffering is created here. Like, oh yeah, it's not just an experience being known, it's an experience that I don't like and don't want, right? Oh, and and the mind is resisting that or fighting against it or, wow, this is an experience that makes me feel like I'm a good meditator and I want it to stay forever. We start to notice these things, right? Oh, now I'm looking for a thought because I think noticing thoughts is the best thing I can do in practice. Oh, we start to hide. That starts to be known too. So it's not just the thoughts that are there, it's how we're noticing thoughts, how we're being in our practice, right? Some of the attitudes can be there, like, you've probably noticed many of them, right? I want to be here, I don't want to be here, I'm good, I'm bad, you know, whatever. Sometimes the belief system is operating beneath the surface and we don't even know it, right? But the leaning back and not piercing experience can help to highlight some of that. And if it, that confuses you, just, just let it go. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I felt like I was a little confused. I don't know, because for me, like, it's easy to get wrapped up in the thoughts, and I feel like all the other meditations we've been doing, which is like, okay, anchor yourself, notice they feel bad. Yeah. So this was confusing, but it was like, am I supposed to let myself get wrapped away? Or like, what am I supposed to do? Yeah, yeah, it's, it's good. So we get, get used to, the, the question is about noticing a thought and going back to the anchor, noticing a thought and going back to the anchor, right? So that we're learning how to um, not follow the content of our thoughts or not get so swept away by thinking, right? And so this practice can, can sometimes, you know, we can get swept away by thinking because we're not relying on an anchor for our stability. So it can feel like that at times. We may need to go back to the anchor a little bit just like I mentioned towards the end, just to see if the mind can 
gain some ground again, feel a little more uh, stable, right? And then open back up and see if it's possible to just be aware of thinking, not being aware of thinking, right? Because we can get we can get to we can get to see how the mind relies on the anchor to not feel into something. Right? That's that's one of when I, I practice in a directed way for many years, most of a long time, and then I switched to doing this a little bit more often, or for quite a while actually, exclusively many years, and now the mind is quite nimble and can go between the the different practices a little more easily. But in the beginning, it's really confusing because because of what you're saying. The mind can just like, oh, look at that. I'm just thinking. And I'm thinking, and this is really unpleasant, and I want to get away from it. So I'm going to go back to the anchor and just be there with that. Oh, yeah, it feels better. feels better here. And that's a good skill to have, to be able to go back to an anchor and find some stability. And then when we feel a little more brave, we can go, oh, maybe it's possible just to feel whatever's here to feel with this thinking. Right? The unpleasantness of the thinking, the pleasantness of the thinking, the sticky storylines that make me want to keep thinking about it. Right? Like, ooh, I like this thought. Oh, this is a good fantasy. It feels good. I, I feel happy. <laughs> and we keep doing it. Ooh, wait a second. What am I doing here? Right? All of this can be illuminated when, when we have the courage to just sort of take a look at it. Yeah. Anything more? Here. Um, I think we have to move on. We've got a lot to cover, but uh, there will be time for more practice and perhaps to get some of our questions answered a bit later. I do want to mention just one piece. So there's, you've noticed on the schedule, I'm sure, you've probably studied it a few times because not a lot more entertaining than looking at the board. But we're going to do some talking today. The extroverts in the room are like jumping up and down inside, and the introverts are like, <laughs> I don't want that. It's okay, however you are. Right? You can just watch that. And one of the, the benefits of this kind of practice that we just did is that we can receive all of how we might live. Right? All of how we might live might be a part of our practice. And so when we can lean back and just feel into the body, like right now, how much effort does it take to be aware of me talking? Probably very little, right? Very little for you to know that I'm actually talking. And along with that, do you know you have a body and that you're sitting and listening to me talking? It probably doesn't take a whole lot of effort to know both that you're sitting and that I'm talking, and that we're here together. And now to include that you're also in a room of people. So it's not like we have to lean into any one thing and exclude anything else. You don't have to just know that I'm talking and force away other experience. It can be right here with the talking and the listening and the being in community. And also to just receive the, the impulses. Like right now I'm here and I'm aware that I'm talking and my hands are like this. I don't know why I'm doing this, actually. (laughs) That's a thought that goes to the mind. I'm aware that you're here also. And on occasion, the heart beats fast and that becomes a part of my awareness and the throat is vibrating a little and that becomes a part of my awareness. But 
I'm not losing you or losing myself. So there's just a bit of light awareness that can hold it all. And so this can be a part of how we relate to the experience of talking and thinking and preparing for what we might say and listening and receiving what other people might say. Right? So one of the, the little tools that a teacher suggested to me was to keep a percentage of my attention right here on my own experience. It's what Chaz was saying when we were, he was giving a little instruction about how to receive a Dharma talk. Right? We keep a percentage of the attention here and allow percentage, a percentage of the attention to receive whatever's in the collective. Right? Yeah. So in this way, we're practicing being aware of a lot of experiences sort of at once. Right? And we can also be aware of the impulses and motivations that might call us to speak. And if something feels off in our bodies, then we'll know like, ooh, we can hold back about that, right? And if it feels right, wise or right to go ahead and offer something, then we can do that. Yeah. And we might notice our habitual tendencies here. Like if we're, we lean a little more towards the extroverted side, we might notice the tendency to step forward, step we're like so excited about the possibility of talking that we're going to jump right in. And we might do that. We might go ahead and do that. And then kind of feel the feeling like, ah, there are other people here. I'm not sure I should have done that. Maybe I should have just watched that impulse and held back a little bit. And then for those of you who are more inclined to hold back, you might hold back too much and you'll go like, ah, maybe I should have been a little more courageous and spoke up a little, even if it sounds weird, right? So it's just so much to watch when we're talking and listening. And it will totally be a stretch for everybody, right? It's a lot of stimuli. So just accept that. This is how we get practice. Awareness will change. We'll get lost in thoughts. We'll lose, we'll lose mindfulness from time to time. And it's okay. We'll just find it again. Anything else to add about why speech or talking and listening? No. I think I'll pass it off to Chaz to take us out of here. Can I? I did think of one thing. Um, So in the area of wise speech, there's so much to say, and Shelley covered a lot. I found it really helpful to um, ask three questions that the Buddha asked when he was trying to decide whether to speak. Is it true? Is it useful? And is it timely? Is it the right time? And that's kind of shorthand enough that I maybe can hold on to it and remember it. So that could be something you could ask yourself when you want to speak. Is Are you speaking the truth? Is it useful for the situation? And is it the right time to speak this? I'm going to go through the schedule now and say a few things about it and then see if there's any questions. Um, The schedule is set up today so that we kind of expand talking if one wants to um, and then coming back into silence and out again. So it's kind of like this 
And um, it can be very helpful um, because as we've been quiet for these days, um, the analogy is kind of like you have a fizzy bottle, right? If you take the top off all at once, it's like, (laughs) we don't necessarily want (laughs) to, so it's like, and then you close it, right? In that way, then, right? And so, um, all that to say, if you are going to, if you do decide to engage in these groups, which are, by the way, all optional. So if you're having a sense that you want to stay quiet, please feel free to do that. There's space and um, structure in the schedule to do that. But if you do, if you would like to engage in the groups, or either either the morning or the afternoon or both, um, it's very important then to come back to the sittings where it's quiet where it says please all attend so that we can like close it a little bit settle right and then open back up and then settle open back up and settle so it's a yeah it's that (laughs) Um, this morning's groups are going to be we are going to facilitate them and in a moment we'll say a a few words about those groups. And then um, then there's a walking meditation before the next sitting. And the groups might go into that walking period a little bit. We're really going to try to give you some time to, to walk. And especially if you're in a group after the conversing and the energy rising, it's nice to do a little bit of walking. Walk that off a little bit and use the walking to settle. And then we'll come back into the hall to sit. Um, and then so then it's back to silence at 11.15 all the way through lunch all the way through the next sitting at 2 that we please uh, please all attend because we're going to go from that sitting to afternoon groups and the afternoon groups are um, you're going to kind of they're up to you to to build and so if you'd like to meet with folks about a certain subject let's say you um, are a musician and it's like well how can I bring my practice to to my music playing ah there's going to be an easel out in the foyer when we come out of this session and there's just a place to to write your name and what it is so your name and like oh bringing practice to music and so anything that you'd like to uh, explore with other people, you can put your name up there. And then and then, if you are also interested in that, it's like, oh, look at that. I'm a musician too. I'd really like to do that. And you put your name up there. And the reason we want you to put your name up there, um, or it could even be a mark. Could it just be a check? Because we're really just looking for numbers, meaning so where we're going to put you. So if it's a big group, we're going to put you at a place that can accommodate a big group. If it's smaller, we'll put you, etc. So maybe just put a, a check if that's something you'd like to do. Um, so, yeah, just one check. Don't check them all, right? <laughs> the desire of mind. Oh, yes, just one. And just something about this, um, you know, whenever we are in community or with other people and we say something like, oh, this is important to me, or I'd like, I, I like this, do you like it too? 
it's a little vulnerable, isn't it? And so just watch the heart and mind for that. Like they have more checks than I do. It's like it just comes up, right? It just can come up. It's very natural and you can be with that. And that'll also be a time, uh, if you don't want to be in group, you can continue uh, silent practice as well. Then we're going to come back together at 3.45 for to, to quiet back down. There won't be a walking in between that one. We'll go right from those groups to a sitting. Um, and then uh, dinner. And then dinner is optional to be uh, silent, like inside in the dining hall, or... Um, If you'd like to talk quietly during dinner, you can do that outside. And then after dinner at 6.15, we'll come back to sit. We'll all come back into silence and we'll be then regular schedule through the rest of the evening in silence. Um, I have a question. Dinner, where can they eat their dinner in silence and where can they eat their dinner talking? The in silence is um, inside in the in the dining hall, so no talking in the dining hall, um, and then the um, the talking is outside. It says or M two hundred, but I don't think we want people eating in M two hundred. Yeah, do also, we? It would be nice that people had an outside place to eat that was silent, like the deck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That consider the deck as part of the dining hall. Don't don't uh, talk out there if you want to go outside and talk. Have it be more out front here. Thank you. One more thing about as we start to come into uh, more contact and more uh, relationship in this way with one another. We've been in relationship all week and you can feel that. It's like it's quite lovely relationship. It's just different. But now we're going to do, if you want, a little different kind of relationship. And I want to encourage you uh, that it's not the time to like um, approach your vipassana romance, <laughs> right? We are all, um, you know, quite. You may not know it, or, or maybe feel this way, but you're much more open and tender than when you came, and that can be a lot of energy to come at someone, yeah, um, in that space. Mm-hmm. So we want to really encourage you, if you're having that energy come up, to to work with it with yourself and not extend it outwards. We're actually still on retreat. Okay? Can you say that again? (coughs) Can I say that again? Yeah, Devin's like, can I say that again? Yes, it's it's really important to... It's fine if that energy is coming up for you. It's That's what we do as human beings. And... In this setting, especially just coming in out of noble silence and have, being open and quite tender, um, you don't know how that's going to land on someone. And so it's really about caring and, and kindness towards each other to just can contain that energy and work with it within ourselves if it's coming up for us. It's really about kindness and, and taking care with each other in that way. Anything else about the day before we go to questions? No? Any questions about the day? Yes, I, in the back. Do you have um, 
By noon, by lunch. Yeah. Also, uh, we got a, a um, thank you, remind me of something. We got a, a message about uh, bell ringers for this morning. Um, don't worry about ringing bells for this morning. We'll take care of them. If you're a bell ringer. Any other questions about this mo- the, the day? Yeah. Oh, no, not at all. No, all, all the groups are optional. Um, you'll see on the schedule, um, we actually have a little schedule for people who are going to continue to practice of a walking and sitting. And if you come in here to sit, and there's a few of you, just maybe you can decide who's going to watch the time and, and, and ring the bell for everyone else. Uh, if we go to one of the talking groups, uh, how, do you, how do you recommend approaching if like halfway through, we realized maybe this wasn't the most like skillful decision. Mm, great one. We go to the group, halfway through the group, it's like, uh, I need to t- put the cap back on. You can, just, you, can just, you can just bow out. Absolutely. Totally. However, we don't encourage jumping from group to group. So yeah. if you do bow out at a, of a group, you're, you're basically going into the silence. Also, just to say, uh, when we get to our groups, for those of you in a, in a couple moments who are going to go to a group, we're going to do a little breaking silence exercise with you, just so blah, you don't. We're gonna, and then we'll we'll settle for a few minutes before we open it up to the group. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, we're going to do that as soon as the questions are over. We'll, we'll each say a little something. Mm-hmm. Wait, so do we decide which group we want to go to? Yep. This morning and this afternoon, if, if there's, you see one written up there that is of interest to you, you, you p- actually put a check on that one so we know how many people are going to that group so we can decide what space to put you in. I know the executive. When you just to know when you're on retreat, the executive functioning goes down. <laughs> I, I I stood in front of a, a washing machine on a long retreat one time. I couldn't figure out like <laughs> how to do it. Like it was <laughs> so. It's I will just say that if you do sign up to lead a group this afternoon where it says location, you don't need to fill that in. Mm-hmm. We'll fill that in. You just need to put your, the name of your group and you as a facilitator. And you don't need to be an expert in the area that you're wanting a group in. You're not even leading it. You're convening it. You're bringing together people who are interested in that, and then you can you know, share it together. Yes. Absolutely. Did everyone hear that? If if you put an idea for a group and there's not enough people, can you then just cross that out and then go to another group? Absolutely. Yes. Thank you. That's good. All right. Well, since I've got the mic, maybe I'll just I'll just start. Um, I'm I'm gonna. Um, facilitate a group on relationships and really about like how can we bring our practice to relationships what does that look like 
Um, we're not going to solve all the <laughs> relationship problems in one hour, but we can, and also share with, with each other. This is much more about like sharing the wisdom that's in the group than me kind of like downloading on you. So if you'd like to explore practicing in relationship, that's what that group will be about. In the red tent. The group that I'll facilitate is called Taking It to the Streets. So it's um, socially engaged practice. So we'll um, talk about, discuss some a few aspects of that, share some resources, have some conversation with each other, um, question and response as well. And I'll convene a group about practicing in daily life, and in particular the role of community dharma centers in supporting practice ongoing, but really just a general theme, practicing in daily life and the value and uh, the value of it. And I'll be convening a group on uh, longer, doing longer retreats or practice in Asia. So if you have done that and you have advice to share with your Fellow yogis, there'll be space to do that. There'll also be space for questions about longer retreats and practice in Asia. Um, yeah. Um, one more announcement. Um, we hope that you will wait one more day till you get your cell phones. Like, really let yourself still be on retreat. Uh, today. There will be enough stimulus. You won't need to add any. (laughs) Um, Tomorrow morning at the closing, we actually do a kind of um, group cell phone practice. So we let you all get your cell phones, and then we do a guided meditation. (laughs) It's quite a trip. (laughs) You are right to laugh. (laughs) Um, But but we we tend to do that together. Of course, if you have any... um, a, a real reason why you need to get your phone today, of course you can, and no judgment. But if you don't, I would wait. <laughs> oh no, I have to make a decision. <laughs> yeah. Um, Ask your heart, not your head. That might help a little bit. Ask your heart which group it wants to go to. Because you can think endlessly in circles, right? <laughs> yeah. The question away in the back. Mm-hmm. We will work on getting some resources up there. Yeah, yeah. Um, if there's any resource you want in particular, why don't you leave a note and we'll see what we can do. Uh, no, we'll just, yeah, we'll try. <laughs> How's that? Um, yeah. I'm thinking more like a month or six weeks or, yeah, long, 
longer. <laughs> I highly recommend it. <laughs> um, is there a time tomorrow where we meet in like small groups really briefly by like geographical? Yes. Yes, tomorrow in the closing we'll have geographical um, meetings so you can uh, connect with people from your area. I would think, yeah, it's it's falls under speech, and we're starting to speak. So if writing today would be something that feels to you like a way of kind of starting to come out, well, that sounds great. Well, enjoy your soda pop. And uh, and just do pay attention to where the silence is and where the talking is so that we can respect people who want to continue practicing and kind of respect the whole center.